0: listening to Created Podcast. And we're your hosts, Amanda, Taffy, and Emily. Every week we'll take a deep dive into the topic of worth and identity, and how by discovering more of who God is, we can discover more of who we are created to be.
1: No matter if you're a lifelong Christ follower, new to the faith, exploring, or skeptical, our hope as we tackle discussions around this topic is that you will find we're all not too different in our struggles. We believe there is hope clarity, and confidence in understanding
0: our worth and identity. Well, hi everyone. It is episode six and today we're going to be talking about what does it look like to receive the love of the Lord and um, and then how do we live out of the overflow um, from that love of God. And today it's actually just Taffy and I. So Emily is on a little family vacation. We're actually recording during a uh, long weekend here in the States. So she is off with her sweet family, but Taffy actually also was just on a holiday herself. Um, so Taff, how was your holiday?
1: Oh, it was so good. Um, so I was really blessed to go on a cruise and Ooh. it was my first time on a cruise. Like literally I used to think cruises was for people who are retiring what? or super rich people that had so much money. So, to be able to go on a cruise, I was like, what? Um, But when I got there, it's the best. Literally, it is the best. Um, But then I also thought, am I just getting old? Is that why (laughs) I... I know, right?
0: Cruises are so fun. I love cruises. Is
1: that that why I've enjoyed it so much? Um, But yes, I loved it. But besides that, before I was away as well, because I was at our annual summer camp for our youth and had so much fun. Again, I'm going to highlight, am I getting old? Because those young people just have so much energy. I was like, what is going on? But I loved it. I loved it. And it was a bit of a break from what I normally get to do day to day. I love. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. But today we're definitely diving in and we're talking about receiving the love of the Lord. And we actually base this on the scripture. Um, of the greatest commandment that Jesus gave us and the greatest commandment is Love the Lord your God with all your heart soul and mind and love your neighbor as yourself and the way why I'm saying that slowly is because we're so good at the other part where it says love your neighbor as yourself But we tend to forget the beginning part. Jesus didn't say, love your neighbor as yourself and then love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul and mind. He said, love the Lord your God with your heart, soul and mind. And today we want to unpack what it means to receive love from the Lord. Because when we talk about love, a lot of people have different definitions of what love is. Have experienced love in different ways that it actually distorts our relationship with God the Father. Mm -hmm. Um, Is that something that you have found, Amanda, that just the way that you have grown up receiving love really impacts the way it is with your relationship with God?
0: Yeah, definitely. I think we all come into, well, as we grow, you know, you learn and you... Um, have different experiences with different people, whether that's family members or friends, and you experience love in different ways, which are not the pure essence of what love is. Plus for me, I think something that I had always struggled with, not that my family or anything was necessarily conditional, but you were just saying, Taff. I think sometimes it's easier for us to focus on like, what can I do for the Lord? Love your neighbor as yourself. That's something that's an action. That's something I can do and offer him, but the love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength you know, that is more of a place of, like, resting and receiving, and that, I think, for me, was the hardest part in bringing in my own perception of love, and then (laughs) trying to mix that with, like, wait, actually, how do I just receive, and I needed to learn to stop and actually understand that to be able to, you know, like, walk out of it, so, for sure. Yeah,
1: and it's true, and I I feel like right now, as people are listening, they're going, yep, Yep, I can totally identify with that. But as as we're looking at the scriptures, this is one of my favorite stories in the Bible. Like I have a lot of favorite stories, but somewhere, no matter what season I'm in, and no matter what's happening in life, I always seem to come back to John 4. And a lot of you can be like, yep, I know what what's happening in John 4. Some of you may be like, Taffy, we don't even know what is happening in John 4. John 4 is about the Samaritan woman. And this is a story about a woman who by all means would have felt unworthy to receive love from the Lord, Um, has had a very distorted view of what love is. Her life is embodying a distorted view of what love is. And here she is, this woman at the well, and she's a Samaritan. And um, as she's at the well, she encounters Jesus. Not Jesus, as in it was a vision, but the true Jesus, the Savior. And we're going to walk on a little bit of a journey of what it was like for her to actually receive that love from a place of a distorted love that she had walked into. And um, we were talking about this earlier, and and I loved how, Amanda, you just um, talked about just what it was like for a Samaritan and Jews. To to actually interact with each other. Because this we, we need to understand this when we're reading this Bible um verse and this chapter is that we're so quick to just read it and think, oh, this is great. Oh yay, Jesus comes and we just encounter him. But actually, we need to understand what was happening culturally in this moment. Yeah. Go for it, Amanda. There's
0: so much context. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I I think it's funny maybe to start with I mean, later on, (laughs) go down a few verses from the very beginning of the story um, to give context to uh, Jesus and the disciples were traveling through, going to Jerusalem, and this was the fastest route. A lot of times Jews would try and go around (laughs) Samaria because they just didn't even want to interact with uh, the Samaritans at all. Um, Anyways, the the disciples at this time had gone and, and... totally free, I think, or they had left Jesus at the well for a little bit. They came back and it said that they marveled at the fact that Jesus was talking to this woman. But the reason that they marveled was because, like I was saying, Jews and Samaritans, they were not, um, at that time, their belief system had very much split. So Jews uh, had this more, uh, biblical peer review of what a relationship looks like. And Samaritans had a very big mesh. It was a kind of Jesus and slash a, uh, different way that they worshiped. It was different culturally. They started believing in different things. So it was very much a removed, did not want to interact, did not want to be seen or known with a Samaritan because that was not what they believed. And then on top of that, culturally men and women, (laughs) we uh in that time had a very different status had very different cultural approaches and how you would talk and that you would normally never approach a woman like in this setting let alone a samaritan woman so the fact that jesus in the space that everyone perceived and knew him to be would approach a woman in Samaria was just like mind-blowing. And like it said, the disciples marveled. (laughs) So that, I think if anything, paints a picture of kind of how, um, rare or just shocking this whole situation was for them. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That is so good. And, and that is where we want to start from it because Here it is, the Samaritan woman is coming face-to-face with this man. Um, We know it's Jesus because we're reading the Bible and we're like, okay, she's face-to-face with Jesus. She doesn't know this is Jesus. She's just like, this random man has just hollered up at me and just said, hey, could you just give me some water? But as we unpack this, we're going to look at the different characters of God that are shown in this. Because for us to love someone, you know, when we love someone, we love people that we know. We just don't love random strangers. We love people that we know. We know who they are. We know what their character is like. And that's what draws us in to to love someone. And as we unpack that, because this is what Jesus is doing in this passage, he's showing this woman, this is who I am. And this is the God that I am. So in verse seven, we see a God that pursues And in that verse, it it actually talks about when a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? In this point, like what Amanda said, men and women, no. If a man was approaching you as a woman, he needed stuff from you. So imagine the mindset of this woman as this man approaches her and asks for some water. She's thinking, one, is the middle of the day. Why are you talking to me? Nobody ever talks to me. I'm coming at the middle of the day because I don't want people to bother me and demand things from me. And as you hear along the story, this is a woman who had had multiple relationships she had had multiple husbands. At the present moment, she's living with someone who isn't her husband. So, her and men, there is a it's either you want something from me, want something from me that is not pure. But here is a man that is approaching her, that is wanting something that is pure and he's pursuing her. And I really want us to go back to in moments when God is pursuing us, do we have a distorted view of what love is? Or are we actually sitting and going, I receive, I receive from you. Or are we sitting and going, okay, Lord, if this is what you want from me, what do you want in return?
0: Right. Or a a distorted view of what he, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: like the expectation of what we're supposed to do for him, you know, yeah, Yeah. is that distorted?
1: And, And that's so true. And that is exactly what's happening. But, you know, we carry on and God doesn't just stop by pursuing her. He then goes, hey, hey lovely lady, let me tell you, I'm not just somebody who's going to pursue you. I am your savior and I'm your provider. Again, let's go back to the mindset of this woman. Savior and provider, no one has saved her. No one has provided for her. Look at her. She's going to the well and she's providing for herself. She's had to fend for herself in all these multiple partners that she has had, but here is coming a god who is saying i'm your savior i'm your provider and this is happening in verses 12 to 15 when we love someone there is a longing to be seen when you the people that you yeah. love like amanda you know you're married mm-hmm. come on with yes. lovely eric you know what are the things that you're desiring from someone who loves you from your husband yeah what i mean so a what lot <laughs>
0: just kidding at all um, no but i think it's so true. like the person that you are committed to and you know i want to know that my husband thinks that i am just the bees knees of anyone in the room and really beautiful to him but i also want him to know who i am like as much as it's scary and vulnerable i want to be safe being known by him you know that is like super sweet and special that that idea that he wants to know who i am and think I'm beautiful but know who what makes me me you know that's a yeah. big desire obviously
1: that is so good like we want to be seen we want to be known
0: mm-hmm. and we
1: want to be heard and yeah. those are the three things that were happening in that moment the Samaritan woman was being seen by Jesus she was being known by Jesus because in that point he is actually telling her like I know who you are these are the things
0: that I know. It um, may almost seem like, just, yeah. Oh, I'm just saying it may almost seem rude to some people because <laughs> Jesus was like, "Yeah, you're right. You don't have a husband. You have actually had five, and the person you're with now is not even your husband." <laughs> but in such a loving way, in the sense of like, you don't have to, you know, like hide anything from me. Like I know, I know that these things, you know. Yeah.
1: So, so as we as we look at um, verse 17 and 18. Um, those are those are some of the areas that you were gonna unpack
0: for us, Amanda. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Just that idea of, oftentimes when we we are with the Lord or any of those things, we had talked about shame and fear in our previous episodes, and how we even see that displayed in Adam and Eve. We kind of see it displayed here again with the with the woman when the Lord asks or when Jesus asks her, you know, where is your husband, and she says, Oh, I don't have a husband. You know, we, it is an assumption, but I think obviously one that we can pick up on or draw from in this situation is she wasn't about to be like, yeah, I'm with a man who's not with, who's not my husband right now. That is not something, um, especially as a woman that you want to necessarily be known for in that culture. And it was very condemning and there was a lot of shame around that. And so she was hiding, in her own shame and fear, just even in her response to the Lord as he approaches her. And I think we can just relate that so much to, again, how we see that in Adam and Eve. When their relationship was broken and their love, the pureness that they experienced with the Father in communing was broken, they hid. And they uh, like hid in their shame. There was fear. And um, again, Sometimes when that's what blocks us, that's what actually separates us from receiving the love of the Father is our shame. And just that understanding that, you know, we we have to hide away from that or we can't receive from the Lord or we can't even be used by the Lord um, because of those things. But then we see that Jesus is so sweet and so compassionate in this. And it's this beautiful, beautiful space where he continues to go in and say, actually, no, I I know everything. I know that you've had five husbands beforehand. I know that the person you're with now is not your husband. And then goes into say, you know, we see it later on that um, it's her testimony. Like the he, sorry, I'm fumbling kind of through my words right now. But Jesus like reaffirms that it's, we worship in truth and in spirit. And it's, that's what I'm offering you. I'm offering you this ability to come in being fully known no matter what your past is to receive the love of the father and worship and spirit and truth and I am who I say I am like she asked like are you the Messiah like are you the one we've been waiting for like we've been waiting for this person and he says I who speak to you am he and it's like this encounter that all of a sudden she has with Jesus with everything exposed and I think it's just the most beautiful picture that we get to see you know in that space so
1: it's it's very interesting that that she say that that in that space like that encounter that she's having with god and i think a lot of the times when we have a lot of things that have happened in our lives a lot of things that we feel are are shameful to come before the lord our our thing is to hide like what she said amanda is to hide away but god is going i will come to you and I, and I think like yeah. like earlier on um, when we had done an episode and we're talking about Psalm 23 and we talked about how um, G- the shepherd comes and he walks with you. Mm-hmm. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you are with me. No matter what we have gone through, Jesus wants to walk with us. And, yeah. and in that moment, I think this the story is a beautiful picture of how God is saying, I want you to know what true love is. I want you to invite you to the purest of what true love is. And I think that if this woman had encountered um, maybe another woman who had come and shared to her and told her about who Jesus was, I don't think there would be a radical impact in her life. The way that the very part that hurts in her heart is the very Mm -hmm. part that God comes and ministers to. Yeah, You know, like some of you are listening right now and going, you know, Taffy, Amanda, you don't understand the pain that I'm going through. How how can a God say that he is so good? How can I receive from a God when I am carrying so much pain? Or he has let me down. You know, one of the things, like, I love young people, but another thing about young people is they're very open. They'll tell you as it is. Um, and this generation, man, they, they don't hold back. They're like, oh, yeah. No. Taffy, you're telling me that God loves me, but I've never experienced what love is. I've never. And I was like, yeah, that's true. Okay, let's begin to unpack what the scripture looks like. We're living in a generation where people have experienced so much pain and we've lost sight of what does love mean. So when we're coming to Jesus, you know, we're in the church, we're coming to Jesus, we're worshiping, or even you're in your house and you're worshiping and you're going, I feel so distant. From the very one yeah. I'm supposed to be in love with. Actually spend some time and allow God to enter into the painful parts of, yeah. of what is happening in your heart. And only then would we... She, This is the Samaritan woman. She wasn't ready to allow him into the painful parts. He came, but with love and with compassion, he gently revealed what was there. And in that moment, she allowed Jesus to minister to her pain. And from that ministry of Jesus coming and ministering to her pain, this is where we fast forward to verse 39. And this is what happens when you come face to face with your creator. This is why God is saying the greatest commandment is love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Because when you do, when you do, man, something awakens inside of you. There is something of who you are and who you were created to be goes, do you know what? I'm not going to be in the shadows anymore. I'm not going to shy away. I'm not going to be the woman that comes at noon to to the watering well um, just so that I don't encounter other people. I'm going back to the village and I'm going to tell people about, I'm going to tell them, I met the savior, the one we have been reading about, the one we have been talking about, and he told me everything that I'd ever done. Come, come.
0: Yeah, he knew me. There's such a beautiful intimacy that she experiences for the first time, regardless of having all of these husbands, or with the partner that she's with, you would expect someone to have an experience with intimacy. No, this is like a radical intimacy she'd never experienced before. And then, it, and it credits her, it says that many people, many Samaritans in the town believed because of the woman's testimony. I mean, like, You go from somebody who's shamed and doesn't really want to expose their own life or all these things, and they're just like, "Um, here's our story. He knew everything about me, and you guys know my reputation, and, like, he changes everything, you know? And it's like, gosh, that, that beauty where there's freedom in the vulnerability with Jesus. Like, there just is. When we allow him into those spaces, it actually brings freedom into our life to know that my story, my struggle, my sin, the things I've walked through, they are not for waste. The Lord wants to and will bring glory to his name through your story. It is not something that will ever, ever, um, even in our pain be left with and say, well, that was purposeless. No, the Lord always has purpose for us in that. And I think that, um, One thing that we can really look like or look at into is this also the reality of, you know, we are receiving so many things throughout the day. We're receiving so many, uh, oh, how do I say this? Uh, Content, (laughs) Um, music, uh, social media, movies, music, you know, TV, whatever you're choosing. Um, We actually are receiving a lot throughout the day, more than any generation, I really believe the amount of information that we receive. With that, no matter what, we are all overflowing something. We're all overflowing what we're receiving throughout the day. So I think it's just something for us to really stop and look at as, you know, maybe it is difficult for us to receive, but something we can look at is saying, well, what are we receiving In general you know is it is it truth is it the word of god is it songs that are actually pouring over truth and uplifting our hearts or are we spending more time on social media are we allowing other things to be louder in our life (laughs) you know and um i think that's something that you know we can all just for a reason um it's so important to make sure that we're actually spending time in the word. This isn't condemning anyone who doesn't have maybe a routine or any of those things. It's not about routine. It's about relationship, right? It's about spending time with the father who knows us. It's about, you know, reading truth. That's how we get to know him. That's how we get to be vulnerable with him in those moments. So I think just as we wrap up for the day and wrap up for this episode, maybe something that we, really hope that you're taking away from this is kind of unpacking what it looks like to receive in your own life or maybe some of those blockers but we want you to stick around for the action challenge and for the prayer challenge um just because we have some practical tools that hopefully can help you in your walk to apply this and really practice sitting in his presence and receiving what we need from the lord Okay, so some practical tools to actually help us um, just sit and receive uh, from the Lord and really kind of live in this space where that is our overflow. We really wanna practice that um, is um, the challenge for the week. Actually, it's kind of two parts. So if you are if you have been following the Lord for a long time, you may actually have a, a routine, whether that's like you get up in the morning, you do your devotional, something like that. Or if you're new uh, to the faith or exploring, you may not have something like that yet. So for those of you who have been following the Lord, if you do have a routine, we're gonna challenge you to actually throw out that routine <laughs> for at least two to four days this week And we are going to ask you to just, one, whether that's listen to your favorite song. Listen to a a worship song that is maybe based on scripture. One of my um, favorite songs to listen to in this season, if you need one, is um, I Am Because You Are by Amanda Cook. Has a lot of truth to it and just brings you back into this space. But we really want to challenge you to remove this idea of doing and remove this agenda sometimes that we bring to the Lord and just sit in his presence and really allow truth to wash over us and just come and and not have an expectation um, but to just sit and be and receive uh, from the Father and if you also are like I said newer searching we also wanted to challenge you with the same thing maybe uh, picking four days this week and starting off your day listening to um, a worship song. Maybe it's one that you've heard that you've really connected with, or you can totally use the one that I had said as well, Um, and just allowing space and time at the very beginning of your day. It's only like four minutes, these songs normally, so just taking four minutes of your day, being intentional, setting aside our phones, setting aside distraction and just sitting and really dwelling on the words, dwelling on the things that are coming and allow yourself to just receive um, what it's saying and receiving truth in that because we really do believe that there is a difference about knowing about Jesus and knowing him and that really we saw that in the Samaritan woman that she had known about the Lord, but it wasn't until she had an encounter with Jesus face to face and that knowing that he knew her that changed everything. So we want to create spaces and environments in our own life where actually coming face-to-face with our Savior and and allowing Him to just come in and know us fully and for us to be fully known by Him. So that is your weekly challenge. So good. And our prayer challenge,
1: prayer action actually, for the week um, is spending some time asking the Lord to help you learn how to receive from Him. I know we've talked a lot about that and and it's only until the Samaritan woman had that encounter with Jesus that she was in that position of receiving. So as Amanda said, whether you've been walking with the Lord for a while now or whether you're new to the faith or still discovering what it looks like, spend some time this week just having that time to ask the Lord, Heavenly Father, I want to receive from you. I want to learn what it means to receive in a good way. Um, I want to take away the distorted parts where I have received love in the wrong way and I want to learn again what it means to receive the purest of love so we pray that you have been challenged this week you've been encouraged you've been empowered and wanting to know more of the Lord and before we go I'm going to pray for us Heavenly Father we thank you that you are God there is no other God but you And Lord, right now, as we have learned what it means to receive from you, Lord, we pray that each and every person that is listening today would spend time with you this week and to stop in their busy schedule to just say, Lord, I want to receive, I want to receive from you a new touch fresh of what it means to know a God who loves me, who sees me, who knows me, who hears me. May this be the time that they would know you in a greater way, Lord. So, Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you that you're a God that is personal, that meets us where we're at, and still chooses to love us. We thank you in your holy and precious name. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to The Creator Podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe to whatever platform you're listening on. You can find us at created.podcast on Instagram and also on our website, youarecreator.com hope you join us next week but until then don't forget you are created